This is Whole Backstage Live, and you're listening to our 13 Days of Halloween. Taken from Catherine Tucker Wyndham's 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey. This first compilation of Alabama ghost stories brings you famous ghosts and locations from throughout the mid to late 1800s. Shadows of the unrest which plagued the South during the Civil War. You can still visit some of these locations even to this day. Others have long since been reclaimed by the earth and trees and creeping vines. Thirteen individual readers will share with you these stories of love lost, unbearable tragedy, unsettled ghostly apparitions, and untimely death. Look for a new episode daily until October 31st. Now, learn of the visitors who drove the Saunders family to move out of Rocky Hill Castle in The Ghost of the Angry Architect. The barbed wire gate has a rusty no trespassing sign stapled to it. Beyond the gate, a rutted clay road leads across a rocky pasture, skirts a clump of tall cedars, and ends at the foot of an overgrown knoll. On the top of that promontory once stood Rocky Hill Castle, the showplace of the Tennessee River Valley area. So imposing was its architecture, or so remote was its location, that Rocky Hill Castle escaped the fate of many of the other antebellum mansions in that area during the final months of the Civil War, deliberate burning by federal troops. However, neglect and vandalism combined to destroy Rocky Hill Castle, leaving only a pile of rubble and a long, silent avenue of cedars to mark the spot where the castle stood. Rocky Hill Castle was the kind of house that invited even required ghosts. And the ghosts were there almost from the time Rocky Hill Castle was completed. In 1832, 26-year-old James E. Saunders moved from Brunswick County, Virginia to Rocky Hill, three miles east of the established village of Cortland in Lawrence County, Alabama. Saunders was a lawyer, a former student at the University of Georgia, he had left the university at the age of 18 to marry 15-year-old Mary Frances Watkins. Older people shook their heads and said, privately, that the couple was much too young for marriage. But James and Mary lived happily together for 65 years, many of those years at Rocky Hill Castle. Nobody knows the exact date that Rocky Hill Castle was built, but it was probably in the late 1840s. By that time, Saunders was an established lawyer, prominent in the politics of the state, a member of the legislature, the head of a growing family, and the owner of thousands of acres of rich Tennessee River land. He was a proud man, and he wanted a home grand enough for a man of his standing and position. So, he built Rocky Hill Castle. His architect came from France, bringing with him plans for the house's identical front and rear porticos with their fluted Doric columns, 
the graceful spiral staircase in the entrance hall, the ornate acanthus leaf decorative motifs, the arched windows in the cupola atop the roof. Slaves on the Saunders plantation made the bricks for the mansion, shaping them from the red clay found on the place and firing them in large kilns built for the purpose. The warm red color of the bricks did not show, however, since it was hidden beneath a heavy coating of stucco. It was a magnificent house, so grand that even a man of James Saunders' wealth was not able to pay for it. When the architect presented his bill, Saunders was astonished at its size. Normally a restrained man, he lost his temper completely and shouted angry threats at the equally angry Frenchman. The Frenchman departed, cursing the mansion and its thieving master. Not long afterward, he died, still resentful over never having been paid what he felt was due him for his work. Thus the background was laid for the ghost of that artistic and indignant Frenchman to become the first of many spectral visitors to Rocky Hill Castle. Sometimes at night, when the Saunders family was seated at the long table in the dining room having an evening meal, or when gathered around the square piano in the music room for an informal musicale, loud noises of pounding were heard in the cellar as though someone were beating on the foundations with a heavy hammer. When the pounding first started, braver members of the family would rush down to the cellar to investigate. But no matter how fast they ran, or how thoroughly they searched, they never found anything unusual in the dark, silent cellar. Then almost as soon as the searchers rejoined the rest of the family upstairs, the heavy thuds would begin again, seeming at times to shake the whole house. The mysterious hammering continued almost as long as the Saunders family lived at Rocky Hill Castle, and eventually they became accustomed to the noise and even laughed in a rather subdued sort of way about the angry architect's apparition trying to destroy the mansion he had created by knocking it from its very foundations. The French architect was not the only ghost to haunt Rocky Hill Castle. Sometime after his classic home was completed, after his quarrel with the architect, Colonel Saunders supervised the construction of a turret, six stories tall at one end of the house. The stark, gothic tower contrasted strangely with the gentle lines of the house, but the clash of architectural styles did not disturb Colonel Saunders at all. He delighted in his tower. From the top of the structure, Colonel Saunders could see the acres and acres of land he owned and he could watch his slaves at work in the fields. His voice was so powerful, he could stand in the tower and shout orders audible to crews working a mile or more away. With the approach of the Yankee forces during the final phase of the Civil War, the tower served as a hiding place for the family jewels, just as it had served earlier as a hiding place for Confederate soldiers and scouts. Some of the Confederates who came to Rocky Hill Castle for refuge were sick and wounded and Mrs. Saunders converted the top floor of the turret into an emergency infirmary for their care. Two young soldiers, whose names were never known, died there and were buried in the Saunders family cemetery near the house. Although the two soldiers themselves never returned to haunt Rocky Hill Castle, one of them is said to be responsible for the next apparition who came, the ghost of a lovely young Confederate lady. 
it is thought that one of the dead soldiers was her sweetheart and that she was looking for him. She made her appearance after the Saunders were moving back into Rocky Hill Castle. They sold and repurchased the property three times. After a period of absence, while Colonel Saunders was supervising the unpacking of some belongings outside the house, Mrs. Saunders pushed open the front door and hurried inside to see if Rocky Hill Castle was still as lovely as when she had last lived there. She started up the stairway, eager to see again the panoramic view from her bedroom window, when she was startled by a lady standing on the stairs. The lady, dressed in soft blue, stood with one hand resting on the stair rail and the other hand gracefully lifting, ever so slightly, her full hoop skirt. Recovering from her surprise at finding someone in the house, Mrs. Saunders regained her composure, remembering her manners, and held out her hand to welcome her unexpected guest. "'Good morning,' Mrs. Saunders said graciously. "'I am Mrs. Saunders.' Even as she spoke, the lady vanished." Mrs. Saunders knew her family would laugh at her and tease her about seeing things if she told them about the incident, but she could not possibly keep such a secret. They did laugh, and they did tease, but they could not shake her conviction that she had seen a little lady in blue. Colonel Saunders stopped his teasing a few days later, when he also had an encounter with the lady in blue. He had gone down to the wine cellar to get a bottle of blackberry wine, and as he was crossing the shadowy room to the wine racks, he glanced up and saw a lady in blue sitting on a box and smiling at him. The colonel, known throughout the state as a cordial and courtly host, completely lost his poise. He backed up the steps, never taking his eyes off the blue-gowned lady, slammed the cellar door shut, locked it, and did not ever return for his wine again. The family's final encounter with ghosts came one morning when Mrs. Saunders was preparing to take her bath. There had recently been a number of unexplained noises and other such manifestations of phantom visitations, and Mrs. Saunders had become provoked over the continuing annoyances. She was standing by the walnut wardrobe trying to decide which dress she would put on when the irritating noise began again. Mrs. Saunders was not frightened, just disgusted and impatient. If there's anybody there, speak up or forever hold your peace, she shouted in annoyance. Back came the distinct reply, Madam, I'm right here. The Saunders family sold the house and moved out in less than two hours. You have been listening to Holback Stage Live and our 13 Days of Halloween. This episode was voiced by Rich Wrestler. Tune in tomorrow for another Alabama Ghost Story. This has been a production of the Holback Stage Inc. and Holback Stage Live on WBSL Radio. Please, please, please take the time to visit our website and check the show description for a link to all of our social media. Follow us for upcoming events and announcements about what you can look forward to on our production calendar. Contact this show at holbackstagelive at gmail.com for sponsorship opportunities. 
Imagine your name reaching all of our listeners through our episodes. I know, crazy, right? Thank you for listening. Keep coming back and stay kind.